insurrection, obstruction, indictments, civilly liable for sexual abuse. The one man responsible for all that could be sitting in a prison cell on election day and still be elected commander-in-chief for these United States. That man is beholden to Putin, weakened NATO the last time around, and is currently tying himself to wealthy Saudi oil money. He enriched himself when government stated his property. He campaigned on wanting to use government to go after his political rivals and wants to expand executive power. If Donald Trump is re-elected, our nation is lost. So let's roll up our sleeves, get to work, and tell the MAGA folks, no more before it's too late. From New Orleans, Louisiana, to join the conversation is area code 914-803-4131. That's 914-803-4131. We've been over here on YouTube for the last 45 minutes while Blog Talk Radio has been getting their stuff together, talking about all sorts of things like how Texas doesn't understand the Constitution and conservatives hate the Constitution and just use the Constitution as toilet paper. So if you ever are waiting for me to be live on blog talk radio. And for some reason, don't understand why I'm live. Just check over here at youtube.com slash liberal band radio. And you'll be able to probably see me there because we've likely defaulted to over there as well, but we are now checking in with y'all and we are now live streaming both places. So huzzah again, if you want to support the show, please remember to smash that like button on YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash liberal band radio. Uh, also, remember to uh, to hit like, uh, comment on, and share other videos uh, that I post throughout the week because that's the best way to help the algorithms, um, and that'll help me get to 1,000 subscribers much more quickly. And you can also support the show by uh, going to uh, patreon.com slash liberalban or patreon.liberalban.com and helping me that way. Um, as a monthly patron supporter, or you can go to liberaldan.com, click the buy me a cider button, or go to buymeacoffee.com slash liberaldanradio and uh, do a one-time help during the show, and it'll show that you supported the show. And also you can Venmo me, liberaldan on Venmo, which will um, just do friends and family again because you're not buying me any, you're not buying anything from me. Uh, and remember, I have made it easier for you to get to the YouTube channel. If you go to liberaldanradio.com, that brings you right to the YouTube channel. So you don't have to type in all youtube.com slash liberaldanradio. Just go to liberaldanradio.com, and it'll bring you right to the YouTube channel as well. If you want to share it with your friends, just tell them to go to liberaldanradio.com, and it'll bring you right to the YouTube channel. So made things more easy to people for people to share it with others. So... I like making things easy for y'all. Again, if you uh, missed the first part of the show because you were listening on Blog Talk Radio, or if you happen to be late on YouTube, you can always go back and watch the replay and talk here about 
all of the horrible things that the state of Texas has tried to implement. Fortunately, the Texas Senate has decided to not uh, take this up. So this session, it will not be likely, it will likely not be going into effect. Uh, however, do not, I do not trust that it will, that we are safe from it. It could always come back zombified next year. Maybe even worse. Maybe they, maybe it wasn't good enough for the Texas Senate. Maybe the Texas Senate was like, I reckon this could be much worse. We we could do much worse than that. Texas Senate was probably like, what do you mean we can't push children in the water? I mean, that was a feature of the bill. Well, I mean, I, I like the fact that we could have pushed children in the water. Let, let, let's go back and let's go back to the drawing board. We got to figure out a way to push children in the water, can't we? <sighs> Anywho, what else are horrible Republicans doing today? Um, Zinke, Montana's first congressional district, Ryan Zinke, uh, has introduced a bill to expel Palestinians from the United States. Um, there was somebody else who proposed a bill that would just expel um, persons who were here in violation of our border policies, um, but not Zinke. Zinke, um, you know, I, I see Zinke's name. I, I, maybe that's not how you pronounce it, but I, that's how I want to pronounce it. Uh, he walks downstairs alone and in pairs and makes a horrible sound. Um, anyway, everyone knows it's Zinke. It's Zinke. It's Zinky, what a racist boy. It's Zinky, it's Zinky. He is a horrible goy. <laughs> anyway, I'm assuming he's not Jewish because, uh, you know, A, from Montana. <laughs> I don't know how many Jews are in Montana um, or how many Jews Montana would, would elect. But let's see. Uh, Today, Montana, this is from his own press release. Today, Western Montana Congressman Ryan Zinke introduced the Safeguarding Americas from Extremism Act, or the SAFE Act, to prevent Palestinian terrorists from abusing the United States legal immigration system by requiring the Department of Homeland Security to implement a pause on all visas, refugee status, and granting of asylum to individuals holding a passport issued by the Palestinian Authority. It also revokes entrance of covered aliens who were granted visas or entered the United States on or after October 1st, 2023. <laughs> he's zinky, he's stinky. Nice. I like that. Um, the legislation keeps America safe. I'm sure it does. You know, what does it do about the American homegrown terrorists? Like, you know, the, the Proud Boys. I don't trust the Biden administration any more than I do the Palestinian Authority to screen who is allowed to come to the United States, as Zinke said in his own press release on his own website. This is the most anti-Hamas immigration legislation I have seen, and it's well-deserved given the circumstances. The threats to our immigration system and the history of terrorists abusing refugee, asylum, and visas um, processes all over the world. The requirements in this bill are necessary to keep Americans safe. Okay, the SAFE Act would render Palestinian Authority passport holders uh, inadmissible to the U.S., Bar DHS from granting immigrant, non-immigrant visas to covered aliens. Revoke visas issued to covered aliens on or after October 1st. So I guess uh, if you were uh, 
on September 15th, if you got a visa, you're fine. But October 1st, you're not, I guess. I don't know what sense that makes. Barred and, and October 1st, but, you know, that nothing happened on that day, but October 7th, you know, whatever. Uh, barred DHS secretary from granting covered aliens temporary protected status. Barred DHS secretary from granting future asylum or refugee status to covered aliens. Revoke refugee or asylum status for covered aliens if requested on or after October 1st. Bar DHS from paroling a covered alien. Revoke parole of covered aliens if paroled on or after October 1st. Direct DH. How do you revoke parole if they were paroled? Direct the DHS with ICE USCIS to identify and remove covered aliens without lawful status, including newly revoked status. Definition. Covered alien refers to an alien who is a holder of passport or other travel document issued by the Palestinian Authority. Uh, immigration slash non-immigration visa. Immigrant visas are issued to foreign nationals who intend to live permanently in the United States. Non-immigrant visas are for foreign nationals wishing to enter the United States for a temporary basis. For tourism, medical treatment, business, temporary work, study, or other similar regions. Reasons temporary protected status is a program that allows migrants whose home countries are considered unsafe right to live and work in the United States for a temporary but extendable period of time. Refugee status an individual located outside the United States is special humanitarian concern to the United States, demonstrates that they were persecuted for fear of persecution due to race, religion, nationality, political opinion, membership of a particular social group. Parole allows an individual who may be inadmissible or otherwise ineligible for admission to be paroled into the United States for a temporary period. Okay, I guess it's different from jail parole. Uh, current co-sponsors, Andy Harris, Aaron Bean, Ralph Norman, Scott DeJarlius, Clay Higgins, Ronnie Jackson, uh, Bill Posey, Barry Moore, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and Andy Biggs. No surprises there. Um, this bill differs from other legislation also extending the removal of cover aliens currently in the United States who entered as of October 1st. <sighs> so, yeah. So, basically, I mean, it wouldn't expel every single Palestinian, but, you know, why would we trust that he would stop there? I have no reason to believe that he would stop there. Once you start once you start marginalizing a group of people, once you start scapegoating an entire group of people because of whatever reasons, that opens the door for expanding it later. Story pale as old as time. You know, as a Jewish person, it happens to us all the time. I don't want it happen to, happening to us. I don't want it happening to anyone else. Hamas attacked Israel on 10-7. Hamas did wrong. Hamas does not represent all Palestinians. And here's one thing that I've been thinking about a lot that... I want to talk about a little bit, which is simply the fact that, you know, again, the Palestinian people living in Gaza are being collectively blamed for the actions of Hamas. And that's wrong. The Palestinian people should not be collectively blamed for the actions of Hamas. The Jewish people in Israel and Jewish people worldwide are being blamed, collectively blamed, for the actions of Israel. And that's wrong. 
Jewish people should not be collectively blamed for the actions of Israel that are wrong. Now, we can have an argument as to what is proportionate, what is disproportionate, what should be allowed and what should not be allowed as, as to when Israel goes after Hamas and what is good and what is not. Um, I've stated that I disagree with several of the steps that Israel has taken. I believe that some of their bombing has been indiscriminate and has harmed too many Palestinians who are innocent people who have nothing to do with this conflict. I disagree with the shutting off of water, shutting off of food, shutting off electricity, fuel, etc. So I believe all that falls under collective punishment and should be considered wrong. But here's the deal. Here's, here's the kind of new thing that I've, that I've kind of considered over the weekend, and it's this. Again, Jewish people are marginalized, even Ashkenazi Jews like myself. You know, we get the benefit of white privilege, and, you know, until the point where our Jewishness becomes relevant, and then that goes out the window. And the Palestinian people are marginalized people. The history of this planet has, it's a history of people in power pitting two groups of marginalized people against each other and causing them to fight and having them fight with each other to hide, obfuscate, whatever, whatever wrongdoings that they're doing. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. So Hamas, for all the wrongs that they did, are tools of the bigger picture of, you know, the bad entities, be they their Iranian funders or what have you, you know, Netanyahu and and Likud, uh, the people that are currently running Israel, they do their bad actions as well. And Netanyahu and Likud and Hamas have the toxic, parasitic uh, relationship that, that relies on each other. Um, but again, they are tools of the larger power that benefits when two groups of historically marginalized and oppressed people are pitted against each other to fight against each other. Because as Jews and Palestinians are busy fighting each other, we're too busy fighting each other to look up and see who's pulling the strings. And maybe that sounds a little bit conspiratorial. Maybe that sounds a little bit, you know, tinfoily or whatever, but you know what? I don't care because to me, that's, that's the history of this world is people in power pitting marginalized people against each other because that's the way that they get away with all their crap. Smoke and mirrors cause pain and cause pain to one group of people and then blame it on the other people. Make scapegoats out of one group of marginalized people. So again, you don't have to look at what the horrible things that they're doing. Or maybe make scapegoats out of both groups so that this group of people is blaming this group and this group of people is blaming this group. Meanwhile, it's, it's people higher up who are the real ones that are the problems. So at the end of the day, maybe it's the, it's the Jews and the Palestinians who need to be working together against those people. We need to 
take a step back and realize what the hell's going on and fight against the people in power who are causing the deaths amongst the Palestinian people, who are causing the deaths amongst the Israeli Jews, who are causing the threats now amongst all these people on campuses, the, the threats against uh, people who are practicers, who practice Islam, threats against people who identify as Jews, be they secular or religious. We need to stand together against the more powerful folks, because this is, again, how they get away with all of their crap. Thank you, Elizabeth. <sighs> yeah, Elizabeth, Speaker of the House has some sort of porn tracker gig and no bank account, screams Russian asset to me. Yeah, I, I haven't quite gotten it to look too much into the whole the speaker and his son monitor each other's porn usage. Like, I haven't quite gotten to look into exactly what all that entails, but that in and of itself, I wish it would have come out beforehand, before the vote, because weird. Like, look, again, I mean, clearly, I've looked at some, because clearly I had to go look at some when I was doing that review of the of the uh, unraveling toxic masculinity video when I had to go when I went to go look at the other picture uh, that the um, whatever podcast guy wouldn't show or couldn't show on his podcast. Um, yeah, so I, I don't see anything wrong with with looking at it, but I'm not going to judge people for looking at it unless those people are trying to prevent people from viewing consented to material. Like if if, if you're viewing material that was consented to be made and consented to be shared, I have no problem with that. Unless you're somebody who's trying to prevent other people from doing that. And then you're going ahead and you're going ahead and doing that. And if you need your child to help prevent you from looking at it and your child needs you, like, I don't want to, like, I would not want to see what my dad looks at on, on Pornhub or whatever other website he would, uh, like, I don't want to know. Why would you want to know? That's just terrible. Like, gross. Nobody needs to know that. And maybe I'll talk about that some Wednesday. Because, well, we've got to talk about it at some point before it gets too too old in the news. But, JoJo, just like something MAGA would totally do, just watch a little porn. Now, would they just watch a little porn or would they just watch little porn like little people? Um, just like a digital purity ring. <clears throat> I mean, they vote for Donald Trump who slept with a porn star or – diddled a porn star or whatever he did with Stormy Daniels. Like if if it came out that Joe Biden had sex with a porn star, like they would be all over him. But Donald Trump did it and somehow like he's great. Again, they make exceptions for him because they don't care because they just 
want to be just like him. They want to be just like Donald Trump. They love Donald Trump. It is what it is. Thank you, Donald. Um, then you know, thinking, I, I keep an adversary in power who proves my extremist views and those of my financial, fanatical religious supporters stay in power and dismantle the judiciary who help me out. That's exactly what I said a few weeks ago. Um, Tim, so Wednesday we're going to talk about what Dan's father watches for porn. No. On, on Wednesday, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, – we're going to at least try and, and, and try and figure out what the hell's going on in the strange, deranged world of uh, the speaker, the current speaker of the house and him and his son looking at each other's porn history or porn viewing or whatever the hell's going on with all that. Like, because again, I don't want to know if my dad happens to watch adult things i don't know that he does or not maybe he does no judgment if he does but i don't want to know what it is no desire to know what the hell he watches i'm sure he has no desire to know what i watch none whatsoever (laughs) maybe some other time i guarantee you that this is never going to be a topic of conversation on my show That will never be a topic of conversation on, even if we get to the point where I get to liberal day and after dark, what having a conversation of what my dad watches as porn is not going to ever be a topic of my show. But look, I'm seriously thinking about checking out mine. This essay for me too much. Wait, what? Think of the new subs. As I've said before, sometimes the new subs are not worth certain actions. Sometimes it's just not worth it. Um, let's, let's scroll back. Jeff Curry, did it make you mad as a kid when your slinky wick get tangled up? Absolutely. Um, Texans don't discriminate. We have a psychopath governor in a wheelchair who kills immigrants and water hazards, criminal attorney general, Paxton, idiots in the judiciary who claim reality What is is what I say. Yep. Uh, and Texans voted them in. Um, yep. I just should know, because, and here's one thing. Like, I found some, there's one guy... I usually like his videos. I forget I forget what his username is. And he has like a Twitter account and he has a TikTok account. And it's like an older guy with a beard. Um, he has a whole bunch of content. And he made some sort of video about how uh, the Texas Attorney General had a lawsuit that threw out um, like 2.5 million like absentee ballots or something. And I'm like, that doesn't sound right. Like I, it sounds plausible, but it doesn't sound right. Like there's, there's got, there's, there seems to be something wrong about how he's reporting this story. And there was something wrong about how he was reporting the story, because in Houston, where those, where, where whatever got thrown out, got thrown out, there's only 2.5 
million voters altogether, or there only were 2.5 million voters in 2020 altogether. So what he got tossed out was not ballots, but the Houston uh, Register of Voters wanted to mail out um, without it being requested. They wanted to mail out um, absentee ballot request forms so that they would mail out all of the request forms to everybody so that everybody who might need them could have them so they could send it back to make things safer. So they weren't, they were, so, so basically they were like, Hey, if you need one, you can have one. Not saying, but there are laws in Texas that say, Hey, you can only use them if you, if you meet certain conditions, but they wanted to make sure that everybody had one just in case they needed one. If they were, if they, they were the people that fell under those conditions and Paxton sued and won and had that whole thing thrown out. But it still didn't prevent like 1.6 million people from voting. I don't know how many more people would have voted if those absentee ballots would have gotten sent out. Like, and that wasn't even sending out absentee ballots. It was sending out absentee ballot request forms. So anybody who wanted to request an absentee ballot would have had to mail those ballots back in. They would have had to then be approved and then they would have had to get gotten sent out then an absentee ballot, which then would have had to got sent back. So there was multiple steps required for them to be able to actually have an absentee ballot in their hands to send back in. So, and, you know, it probably was a waste of money for the Houston, for the Houston parent registrar of voters or whatever it's called in Houston uh, to send all that stuff out. But, it, it just drives me nuts to see these people with such big followings who get things so wrong and then never, and then they never correct themselves. <clears throat> they never like, Oh, you're right. My bad. Like I think the other day in the podcast, I was with someone corrected me and I was like, yeah, you know what? Absolutely. I got that wrong. I'm bad. Those my bad. So just like like these people need to be these people are so careless. That that's especially when it comes to like I expect conservatives to play fast and loose with the facts. I expect that to come from conservatives. I just do. And part of that is part of my job is to say, this is why the conservatives are wrong. But when we get things wrong, and when it's so sloppily done, it just like makes me do one of these because I'm just like, this was such an easy thing that could have been checked. You could have represented this thing so much better, but yet you didn't. And now you're hurting your own cause. Like way back when, I think it was in 2007 when Bobby Jindal ran for governor again and won. The Louisiana Democratic Party, which was less inept than it was than it is today, but that's not saying much. Louisiana Democratic Party ran an ad about Bobby Jindal and the things he wrote in college about how um, the only the Catholic Church can be trusted to interpret the Bible, right? So he wrote these things, and 
had they reported what he wrote correctly, it could have gotten him a big trouble in North Louisiana and he wouldn't have won. However, they didn't report what he said correctly. They completely bungled it. They completely reported it wrong. So therefore, the media outlets were like, the Louis- he did not say these things. Bobby Jindal absolutely did not say what the Democratic Party said he did, which then allowed Bobby Jindal to come on and say, uh, the Louisiana Democratic Party has been reported to say that I've been wrong, and I'm really a born-again Christian. And I'm like, no, you're not. You're not a born. You're a Catholic. You're not a born-again Christian. But at that point, the Democratic Party couldn't do anything because they've already shown themselves to be the boy who cried wolf. They've already lied. They've already lost their credibility on this topic, so therefore they can't correct themselves. They can't, they can't come after him on this topic again. It enabled him to secure his victory, and it was done. So – but then again, now we have an even worse party that – just gave up and allowed Jeff Landry to win in the first without any fight whatsoever. So I'd almost rather that party than the one we have currently, because that party at least put up some fight. This party didn't even put up any fight. It is what it is. Thank you, Donald. But here's another, but, and here's another thing that I don't get. Like, you have a bunch of people who are saying that, well, I'm not going to vote for Joe Biden because how he's handling the Middle East issues, how he's handling the Israeli Hamas issue, how he's handling the Israeli Palestinian issue. Again, as if, you know, the money that's being sent to Israel is all his fault or that all, you know, Congress has to actually approve the money. Like he can't just do things on own. Yes, he's publicly saying that he supports the right of Israel to go after Hamas while also publicly saying that they need to go after Hamas in, a, in the correct way. And one of the things that I've seen is I've seen leftist people, people to the left of me, because I consider myself a progressive a leftist, but people to the left of me who are whining and complaining that Biden isn't being more vocal in condemnation of Netanyahu and Israel for the actions that they're doing. And I'm like, do you really want Biden to be more like Trump again? I, I understand that we're coming out of four years of a president that would air everything out in the open, everything dirty laundry, like all, all things were put out there politically, diplomatically, etc. Y'all really want Biden to do that too? Maybe there are some things diplomatically that should be done diplomatically and not aired out in public. So in public, he could be like, you know, Israel is our ally. We support the right to defend themselves. We encourage them to do things in the right way and follow the rules of war. And then privately, you know what? Come on, do the right thing. Stop being an idiot. That sort of thing. Because as I said last week, the whole thing with the train thing, like they don't get that. But like, this is what I don't understand. Like, there are people now, like, they're, they're like, Joe Biden's already lost Muslim Americans. Has he? If you're a Muslim American, if you're a citizen of this country who happens to be a Muslim, 
are you really going to allow the person who wanted to put into place a ban on all Muslims entering this country? Is that who you're going to want to let become president? Even if you disagree with how Biden is handling the issues between Israel and Palestine and Israel and Hamas and Israel and Gaza or whoever you want to label it, even if you disagree with that, are you really going to let Trump win? The guy that wanted to do a total and complete Muslim ban? That doesn't make any sense. The guy who Rudy Giuliani wanted to wanted to put numbers on and mark Muslims in this country, mark them up like people in concentration camps were tattooed. You really want that to happen? You really want the, 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 the person in the presidency with, with a Congress who wants to expel Palestinian people from this country and bar refugees who might need to come from to this country from Gaza in case things get really bad? You want, you want him to, to be a president because you disagree with how Biden is handling this thing politically, despite the fact that Biden has been encouraging Netanyahu to, to, to act right, just been doing it and not a, you know, pounding the table, you need, you know, stop being in a dick way in public because Biden is an adult and Biden is, is a responsible politician who's not just going to throw allies under the bus unlike Donald Trump, who is a whiny man-child, like, I really refuse to believe that we're going to, we have so many of these people who are going to vote against their best interests. Maybe I shouldn't refuse to believe that because we already had it in 2016, but are they going to do it again? I mean, I can't seriously believe that people were going to do that again. Yet you're always going to have the whiny leftists. You're always going to have the extreme whiny left who are just going to whine about anything. But most of those people probably don't even vote anyway because both parties are the same and the whole system's rigged, man. They're probably not even going to vote anyway. But the idea that somebody in a marginalized group would vote in a way that would allow, especially if somebody in a group like Palestinians would vote in a way to give more power to the Republicans that want to expel Palestinians and who want to ban Muslims from entering the country, who want to put numbers on their arms like what happened to Holocaust victims? Do we really want that to happen? Do they really want that to happen? Like, I understand they might be upset right now about how things are going on, and they have every right to be upset about what's going on right now. Every right to be. Palestinian... I would absolutely be upset. Hell, I'm Jewish. I'm upset about what's happening to the Palestinian people. Because it's wrong what's happening to the Palestinian people. And I've said specifically that I disagree with what Israel is doing to the Palestinian people. And with what Hamas is doing to the Palestinian people. But I take a more nuanced approach than a lot of other people. And a lot of people especially the whiny left, especially some of the younger whiny left, can't seem to handle the nuance. But the idea that you would take an action to allow Trump to become president is is just ridiculous. And maybe you need to rethink some of your thoughts.
Adam Westish, I think a lot of those differing on far left supposedly are just disinfo accounts. It might very well be. It might very well be that there's some disinformation accounts. Um, Trump wants that. Trump wants to have massive deportations. Trump also wants to have, you know, set up like punishment lists of people. He's if he wins, he's going to start using the Justice Department to go after his political enemies, which is just, oi, like come on, like ridiculous. Um, I have a friend dad. His dad was a senator from LA. We in political science. At one point, he said his he was learning his dad is full of shit. <laughs> Um, what his dad was a senator from LA, like from Louisiana. How long ago? <laughs> I just got a random text, so I'm going to ask: Does Nigeria even have princes? Um, they have two princes. One has diamond in his pockets. So how about that? Now this one says he wants to buy you rockets, and then it's him now. Marry him. Marry me. I'm the one who loves baby, can't you see? I ain't got no future or family tree, but I'm the one that brings another heart to be. Sorry. He actually followed me on Twitter, too, for a little bit. That was really interesting when he followed me. I was like, what? That's crazy. Um, so. <clears throat> I started recording, but then I had to, like, scratch my nose. So, um. Wait, Benny, are you rolling your eyes at Jeff or at my singing? <laughs> Trump will shut down Liberal Day and Radio. I'll have to do the Liberal Day and Radio Underground. <laughs> Talk from the left, that's right, but underground, so we're below. Or are we above? You don't know. <laughs> I really want to know who the senator is now because he said Louisiana. Like, was it a Republican or a Democrat? I mean, I guess for a while, the, 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 the senators were Democrats for a good bit. Um, I think, would it have been John Bro? That's my guess, is John Bro. Wink once if you're right, if I'm right, twice if I'm wrong. <laughs> anyway. There is a uh, another thing that a lot of people don't talk about in this Middle East discussion, and that is, you know, a lot of people are saying that, you know, Palestinians had land taken from them in '48, and that's why they call it like the the Nakba, I think it's called the catastrophe. And they want their land back, right? And so um, a lot of the discussion is like, well, how do you unring the bell? How do you how do you make that happen? How do you dissolve a state? Like some of it some of it seems a little unrealistic uh, when it comes down to it. Like 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 I think anything beyond a two state solution at this point seems a little unrealistic. But let's just say we were going to have a policy in the Middle East of granting back land and property and everything that was taken from people in 48. Do you realize how much we would have to do? Because it's not just Israel. Do you realize how many Jews lived across the Middle East 
like there were Jews in Syria, in Jordan, in Iraq, in Egypt. Jews had were thriving in the 40s, like 30s and 40s, all across the Middle East. There were large Jewish communities in every single Arab country across the Middle East, like tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of Jews in every single one of these countries. And then what happened, what happened was they created the state of Israel and the state of Palestine with the UN resolution. And then these Arab countries seized their property, seized their wealth, seized their land, and they all had to flee. And where did they flee to? They, the, the closest place that they could go to was Israel. It was almost like a coordinated thing where they were like, okay, we're going to take all of these Jews' property. We're going to take all of their wealth. We're going to take everything they have. And then they, they had to run to the closest safe place possible, which would be this little tiny country of Israel. So now you had all of these countries with tens or over 100,000 Jews living in them that now have none. There are no Jews living in any of these countries anymore. If they are, it's very minute, like very small. And then, so they all run to this little country and then they go attack them. If you were an Arab country trying to get rid of all of the Jews in, in, the, in the entirety of the Middle East, what better way to do it than by taking away everything that they have and forcing them to go run to one centralized location and then all jumping on that centralized location and attacking it? It was almost like as if it was all coordinated as a final way to get rid of all of the Jews in the Middle East. Now, it failed. And the Jews managed to defend themselves successfully in the War of Independence. And they kept their state. But if we're going to be talking about the giving back of land, the giving back of homes, the giving back of property, the giving back of wealth, that can't be done in a vacuum. That has to be done across the board for the entirety of what happened in that time. Iraq, Jordan, Syria, Egypt, all of those other countries have to do that. And also, in 48, when Israel successfully defended itself, Jordan absorbed the West Bank and Egypt absorbed Gaza. Why didn't they have to pay any sort of penalties or why didn't they give the Palestinians their land that they were supposed to get in 48? Shouldn't they be responsible for some of that stuff too? Like, it all that it's just the story of the world that everything that goes wrong gets blamed on the Jews and nobody else gets any sort of thought about, oh, let's blame them too. Let's look at them for their responsibility. No, it's just another example of anti-Semitism that's going on here is that the Jews get blamed for the creation of a ethnostate, but yet you have Islamic states all across the Middle East and nobody bats an eye. They claim that the Jews kicked the Palestinians out of their homes. Now, in some cases, Israel has kicked Palestinians out of their homes, like when they bulldoze 
homes and let settlers take over. That's BS, and that needs to stop. And I disagree with that. Them doing that wholeheartedly. And if they ever do a, you know, West Bank and Gaza become a singular Palestinian state, then I'm fully support those settlers being forced to move out, or saying, hey, if you choose to live there, you're living in Palestine. You're not. That's not Israel. That's Palestine. Deal with it. But they would talk about that, but no, hardly anybody talks about the fact that Jews got their property, land, wealth stolen from them across the Middle East. Because what it happens to the Jews, nobody bats an eyelash. And that's why, even though I'm not going to say that all anti-Zionism is anti-Semitic, there is a lot of anti-Zionism that is anti-Semitic because it's very hard for people to make the argument and not have it come across as both. There are people that can do it. There are people that do do it well. A lot of those people are Jews. The people that are able to make that distinction tend to be Jewish people who are not Zionists. And of course, the definition of what a Zionist is also changes depending on who you talk to. It used to be like my opinion of what a Zionist was, was somebody who believed that the entirety of the land from Lebanon to the Red Sea, from, the, from Jordan and Syria to the Mediterranean and, um, and the, the Suez Canal, whatever, to, to the Sinai, that all of that should belong to Israel and none of it is Palestinian. To me, that was Zionism. The entire land, to me, a Zionist was the whole land belongs to Israel. None of it is Palestinian. No land for peace. To me, that was Zionism. And to me, if you supported a two-state solution, that was not Zionism. That was somebody who, if you're willing to give up land for peace, you were not a Zionist. Now, they've moved that goalpost. Now, if you support a two-state solution, you're a Zionist because you now support any land that's called Israel in the ter- in that territory. If you support anything called Israel in that territory, you're now labeled a Zionist and you're now and it's used in a derogatory way. And I fear that at some point, if if some people were to say, okay, let's make one country that's for everybody but the Jews should have a right to be there too in that one country that people who say that are then also going to be called Zionists because it's because to some people it's not about whether or not Israel is there for some people it's about the fact that Jews are there which is why from the river to the sea Palestine will be free is viewed by many people as anti-Semitic and a call for genocide of Jewish people because that's why Hamas used it. That's why Hamas used that terminology in their founding document. That's why Hamas uses it. That's why they've repeated that phrase. Again, do I believe that some people use that phrase without the intention of of genocide for the Jews? Sure. But again, 
just because people have an intent to u- att- intent to use it without ill intent, it doesn't mean that using it is right. Like sometimes people take a phrase and use it for evil, and it gets permanently stained with that evil. Just like sometimes people take a symbol that wasn't previously used for evil, and then it gets permanently stained with evil, and it can never be used again, like a swastika. You're not going to be able to use a swastika again because of the Nazis. Nobody, you're not going to see people making an argument that are not Nazis, they're not Jew haters, who are going to say, well, I think I should be able to use a swastika because it's not fair that the Nazis used it, whatever, blah, blah, blah. People are understand that if you're using a swastika, you're 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 being a Jew hater, you're you're being an anti-Semite. But for some reason, we can't make that same argument about from the river to the sea. Why? Is it because the people using it are also oppressed? Maybe, but the people also using it are Hamas. And Hamas was founded with a specific intent for genocide, for completely clearing the area, not just of Israel, but of Jews as a whole. And so if you have an organization created for the elimination of Jews, you have an organization that's funded by Iran who wants to eliminate the area of all the Jews, then you know what? Insisted, repeated use of that phrase is stubborn at best and anti-Semitic at worst. And if you're not going to, if people are not going to listen to Jewish people about issues about anti-Semitism, and especially if they're on the left, people on the left all day long will tell you to listen to people about issues pertaining to their own oppression and to their own marginalization. When it comes to, when it comes to racism, You listen to black people about what black people deal with. And if a black person is talking to you and telling you about their oppression, about their marginalization, about racism, you listen to them. You don't question them. You don't deny them. You listen. You give it to them. Does that mean that every single thing time they say is correct? Not 100% of the time. Probably point to one or two examples where maybe somebody jumped the shark. Like the people that I think tried to say that the guy with the Obama rodeo clown mask was being racist when that guy always wore the mask of every president throughout you know his tenure as a rodeo clown like that's an example of people trying to claim something was racist when it wasn't um but it generally speaking the exception proves the rule you know generally speaking you listen to black people when black people are talking about their oppression their marginalization you listen to trans people when trans people are telling you about their marginalization, their oppression, you listen to them. You trust them. You listen to obese people. When obese people are trying to tell you about what happens to them as life is unknown. Now, frequently they don't. But again, just another example from my life. You don't listen. You, know, you shouldn't be listening to skinny people about what obese people deal with. You listen to obese people about what obese people deal with. Because we have the live life experience. You trust the live life experience, lived life experience of black people when they tell you what they've dealt with. You trust the live life experience of LGBTQA folks when they tell you about it. You trust the live life experience of women when women tell you what they deal with. 
Like when a woman tries to tell you that something is sexist, you don't just write it off out of, out of hand. I mean, I've done that before in the past. I'm guilty of that in the past. And I've learned to change my behavior because I've learned that you shouldn't do that. You should trust when people tell you about their, because even if it's counterintuitive, if you don't have the live life experience as a woman, you can't know what a woman deals with. So you need to trust them to understand what they're saying and what they deal with. And the same thing, and this is what a leftist person will tell you for every single marginalized and depressed group. But for some reason, for some unbeknownst reason, for Jews, it doesn't happen. For Jews, we don't get that same benefit of doubt. For Jews, people make excuses as to why you shouldn't listen to us. And that's why we get terrified. And that's why we get upset. That's, that's, and that's what we have to deal with. It's not just the fact that people are anti-Semitic. It's not just the fact that people want to come after us and kill us for who we are. It's the fact that people won't listen to us and will make excuses as to why they can't listen to us. So that when they do start coming after us, it's too late. It already starts happening. Now, fortunately, like I've seen some creators, some other creators from other marginalized oppressed groups who have taken the steps to stand up and say, look, while you are opposing the oppression of what's going on to the Palestinian people, you cannot also be anti-Semitic and claim to be leftist. And I've taken, I've, and I've noticed those people, and I've heard those people, and I've taken the time to say, I appreciate y'all because y'all are doing the good work. Y'all are, y'all are stepping up and, and saying what needs to be said. And I appreciate the fact that they're doing that because they don't have to, but they're, they are doing what needs to be done to help us get our voices amplified. Because we're a very, very small percentage of the population of the planet. We don't have that voice as much as people stereotypically want to say that we do. We don't. And people will just turn the other way. But yeah, again, for some reason, I understand why conservatives, conservatives will pay us lip service. Conservatives will pretend to love us because they'll pretend to love Israel because they, they'll cheer Israel on as they blow up Palestinians because they love to see dead Palestinians. And they only want us there in Israel because in order for the Christian prophecy to become true, we need to be all over there so we can die first, you know, again, with friends like that who needs enemies. But, you know, some of the most vicious anti-Semitic comments that I've witnessed and have dealt with have come from conservatives, conservative Christians. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend that, you know, conservative Christians, you know, Republican MAGA folks are my friends by any stretch of the imagination. When you have Donald Trump saying the people marching along inside the Nazis in Charlottesville are good people, they're not. But the leftists I expect more from, the leftists who will tell you to listen to marginalized and oppressed people will ignore us. And again, maybe it's just because of the fact that 
you know, especially with Ashkenazi Jews, I look like a white guy. You look at me, not many people look at me and say, oh, he's Jewish. You can look at other people and say, oh, they're Jewish. But not a lot, not a lot of people look at me and say, oh, that's a Jewish guy. But so I get the benefit of white privilege until my Jewishness comes up, and then I don't. But when I start rounding up Jews and start sending us off to camps, they don't give a crap about my whiteness. The Nazis don't think I'm white. I had somebody on TikTok earlier today that was, or today or yesterday, that was like, Jews are not white. And I was like, explain yourself, because normally those type of comments come from uh, white supremacist type folks. Because that's where it starts. We're others. To the Nazis, to the white supremacists, we're others. We are not really white folks. We're just convenient for their purposes until we're not. So I would just implore everybody, especially those people on the left, while you're fighting the good fight for Palestinian folks who do deserve to have people be fighting for them, fight for the Jewish people too. Listen to Jewish people when they're telling you that things hurt them. Listen to us when we tell you that slogans like from the river to the sea are things that call for our marginalization, that call for our oppression, that call for our genocide, that call for our deaths because Hamas has embraced it and used it and has tainted. Even if that slogan started off as a perfectly fine slogan, Hamas tainted it so badly that it should not be used anymore, similar to a swastika. And if you can't understand that, then I don't know what else I can say to you. But if, you're, but if you're the type of person on the left who's going to tell everybody to listen to the live life experience of every other marginalized and, express, marginalized and oppressed person except for Jewish people, then you're going to be my next hypocrite of the week. And I'm not happy about it. Maybe that should have been a fat man rant. I don't know. Oh, I miss Benny Loco going by. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, it's crazy, though. Like, you spent 36 days in jail. So you were in jail before this whole thing blew up. So did you... Adam, did you actually did you actually hear about what was going on? Like, how much access to the outside world did you have when you were sitting in jail? Like, did you get did you did you get the news about all the crap that was going on about this, or was it uh was it was it um did you come out and be like, holy crap, what the hell happened? 